Hey guys, Pastor Scott here. Day 13, day 13 of our Christmas Advent reading. I uh, hope you've been in the Word of God already today. Uh, if you're not, I've had several students today ask, hey, so if I was going to start reading, where would you start reading? Uh, as a believer, I would encourage you just doing a proverb a day. Uh, and then in that, let the proverb a day uh, lead you in different areas in your studies of God's Word. Um, hey, pick one book, just knock a book out of the park, hang around in that book, get to know that book. But uh, anyway, I hope you've already been in the Word uh, today, day 13, Grace from Disgrace, the Wife of Uriah. Grace from Disgrace, the Wife of Uriah. And so you know what we're going to be talking about, and that is David. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to look at 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 13, and then we'll be in Matthew 1, uh, Matthew 1, uh, chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 6. Uh, right now, our pastor's doing a, a sermon series as well, if you want to go and listen, uh, through Matthew 1 and uh, the, the, the genealogy, um, history, uh, heritage matters. And so, uh, maybe you want to go over and listen to some of those sermons, but we've been in Matthew 1 now two or three times, just within our... Uh, 13-day journey. So here we are, 2 Samuel chapter 7, and I'm going to start reading in verse 12. It says these words, when your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you and or who will come forth from you and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. That's the one you want to underline there, uh, the forever, uh, because it's speaking of that, of the one that is coming, uh, that being the Messiah, uh, the one that's going to come out of the line of David. And so you flip over to Matthew chapter one, listen to what, uh, verse six, and to Jesse was born David, the king, and to David was born Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah which would be that of uh, Bathsheba. So here we are, uh, day 13. Here's our reading from our book, The Unnamed Grandma. When you read through the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew, you'll notice that there are five women who show up in the line of Jesus, but only four of them are mentioned by name. So it'd be something good to do. Go to that Matthew 1, uh, go through and mark those. Uh, just, see, just see where you get those and highlight them for future studies as well. This one is simply called the wife of Uriah. <clears throat> Isn't that interesting? Why wouldn't Matthew mention the name of this woman? I think it's because this isn't a particularly bright spot in Israel's history. This episode in King David's life is not something that they were proud of. It gets even more interesting when you realize that Matthew was writing to a mostly Jewish audience who would have known all about who this lady was. I think the reason Matthew didn't mention her name is probably the same reason you don't know many ladies named Bathsheba. They didn't want to keep remembering what happened. So the wrong place at the wrong time. There are the two things that everybody remembers about King David. The first is that he killed Goliath, and the second is his relationship with Bathsheba. We hear all about this in 2 Samuel chapter Second um, Samuel chapter 11. At the beginning of the chapter, there is the same not so subtle foreshadowing that should tip us off that something bad is going to happen. It says, 
in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, but David remained at Jerusalem. There you have it. David is the king that had slain 10,000 men. He should be there. He should be out there with his men, leading them in battle. But instead, he's lounging around the palace in the middle of the afternoon, and it's pretty embarrassing. A man of honor. The rest of the story is even worse. David sees a beautiful woman and asks about her. Even though he knows that she is married to one of his most valiant soldiers, it doesn't stop him from pursuing her. Soon afterward, he finds out that she's pregnant and tries to get her husband to come home to be with her so that everyone will think that her husband is the one that got her pregnant. This plan might have worked except for the fact that her husband was way more honorable than David. You ever thought about that? Uriah would not come home and enjoy the comfort of his normal life while the army was out in battle. How ironic is that? The king didn't care that they were at the war, but the soldier did. After all of this, when David couldn't think of anything else to do, he sends Uriah to the front line of battle and orders everyone around him to retreat. Who knows how many people David ordered to their death just to cover up his sin. A paradigm for repentance. No wonder the Jews wouldn't want to mention this story. It records the failures of their most beloved kings, but in God's crazy irony, not only do we get to see David's sin, but we get to see his repentance. Notice the two words. We see his sin, but we see his repentance. There must be. God sends a prophet to show David his sin, and he repents. And I mean he repents hard. It is out of the depth of his repentance that he writes one of the most often read and quoted Psalms in all of Scripture. You should go read it. Psalm 51. This little psalm is so rich because we get to see David's genuine brokenness before God. And it gives us words for us to pray when we have sinned before God as well. Our reflection. Isn't this always the way God works? He is constantly working all things out to, to bring about his will. Even in the middle of a terrible situation. It's crazy because before all of this, God had promised David a son that would rule on a throne forever. And do you know who God would use to bring that about? You guessed it. Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, would give birth to Solomon, who would rule on the throne of Israel and Judah. His kingdom would come to an end, but generations later, another king would be born. Not in a palace, but in a stable. And his kingdom will last forever. Day 13. We found ourselves looking at the life of David, uh, the goods and the bads. And listen, as we're on this journey, don't forget, as the author of this book has said so many times, we get to see the good and the bad. God using all people to bring about his plan, uh, his plan for that coming Messiah, the one, the one that would die for the sins of the world. So hope you've been in God's word, guys. Hope you've enjoyed today. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow, day 14 of our Christmas reading.